Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you know what it is. Southside you know Rabbi. We are back. And let me tell you something. <clears throat> there is a reason. You people, people may be asking. People may say, I mean, why do you have these glasses on? Um, yes. And one of the reasons that I'm wearing these shades. I'm one of those people. Yeah, AKB is asking. Uh, one of the reasons that I'm wearing these shades is because <clears throat> I don't know if y'all remember. But there was a certain man by the name of Moses who went up to a mountain and he spent some just amazing time with the Lord. The Lord beckoned him. He went up there and God just showed him who he was. He came back down to that mountain and his face was shining like the sun. And... I have to put these shades on. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure of the children of Israel, when Moses, came, when Moses came back down off that mountain, they were down there worshiping calves, <laughs> bowing, doing whatever you do when you worship a golden calf of your own creation. That's right. And if they, they, they turned around and saw Moses' face, if they had these, they would have put these on and been like, whoa! <laughs> we, we, we have to protect the pupils that this cat, golden calf gave us. Wow. <laughs> and... I have to say that I am putting these shades or I have these shades on because the face of the man that is sitting across from oh me. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Shines so much like Moses' face just because of the 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 time that he spends in the presence of God oh. that I could not come on this podcast Mercy, without trying to help my own eyeballs in honoring God because he made the eye. Ooh. It would be irresponsible for me not to put these on. In your temple to, is the Lord. Right. And if you are on camera and you don't see the glimmer off of his face, wow. that is because you too, my friend, have been in the presence of God <laughs> in a way that allows the glimmer to not be as bright because you have the same one. <laughs> and I say that to say that I'm just trying to get like y'all. Wow. Listen, there is a man sitting across from me right now mm -hmm. who is... If you've ever seen the movie, one of my favorite movies of all time, Goodwill Hunting, um, the janitor? there is a, a man in that movie who Matt Damon plays. He's uh -huh. like a regular guy working construction. He's, you know, uh, I think that he was a janitor at one point. Uh -huh. And he was a genius, right? Wow. He was a... Uh, a man that you will call a, in the words of my German brothers and sisters, a wunderkind, Ooh. right? Or he was a man that was, as you can say, a prodigy. He was a mathematical lowercase g god, mm, 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 right? Mm, mm, mm. And so he, though, was working a regular menial job, sure. was not in school, none of that, and was, you know, you know, mopping up the floors at uh, MIT mm. and uh, was outside of a, of, of a math class where this professor was put, he put this, this crazy equation on the board. It took up the whole board. Yeah. And I think that like he put, a, he put it on a board outside of the class. Sure. And a lot of the students would come outside after class and see if they could figure it out. Nobody ever could. I think that he even couldn't figure it out. Sure. But Matt Damon and his genius was mopping up the floor one day. <clears throat> 
He looked at the equation, figured it out with relative ease, uh. um, and then kind of went back to mopping the floor, saw that the professor was coming, and he kind of tried to get out of there so the professor didn't see that he wrote on the board, and the professor was like, hey, what are you doing? Hey. Janitor messing with my stuff. But then he looked at the board and saw that he had solved the equation and was like, oh my gosh, who is this man? Mm. Um, there's another scene in that film yeah. where he has <laughs> a lot going. of... I got to keep going. There's another scene in that film when... Matt Damon, because of his genius, is getting the world laid at his feet. He's mm -hmm. getting an opportunity to come on and work for NASA. Wow. He takes an a, a interview with them. They want him really bad because of his mathematical genius. And he's just like, man, I'm not going to go work for these elitist, you know, stuffy guys. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And so he goes back to his construction job. And he's talking to his best friend at the time, uh, Ben Affleck. Yes, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck is asking him, hey, man, you know, what's going on? I heard you got this opportunity to work for NASA. You've been, you've been working with this professor at MIT. What's going on? He was like, man, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Squares. I'm not working with them squares. I'm you know, they were from Boston. Squares. They were from Boston. So I'm not working with them squares. You know, I'm, 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 and, 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 and I'm not getting a car <laughs> going to work every day and working with, with them, them squares. squares. And so he's telling this to... to Come on. He's... <laughs> He's telling this. So, so that that Boston accent from some of my my is. white Bostonian uh, neighbors sure. makes the racism in Boston Boston just a little bit more. <laughs> it just stings a little bit more with that accent. Um, but I was just. <laughs> It's the Eastern Southern accent, the deep Southern one. Oh my gosh! Okay, so <laughs> he is talking to Ben Affleck, and he's like, "Man, I'm not gonna go do any of that stuff, man. I'm not gonna go work with those guys. I'm gonna stay here with you." Uh, I'm 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 in Southie, which is like a little a neighborhood, a working class neighborhood that they were from in Boston. He's like, I'm gonna stay here with South in Southie. I'm gonna work, you know, the job that I'm working with you. I'm gonna have a couple kids. We're gonna hang out at the bar. We're gonna grow old together, man. Sure. And then Ben Affleck said, Hey man, you know that you're my best friend. And I love you. And don't get me wrong. Like, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're that you wanna remain here with us and you know, you you don't wanna forget where you come from and you wanna yes. be around your friends and your family, and which we are. But in the next five years, if you're still here, I'll freaking kill you, <laughs> is what he said to him. Because he was like, you have an opportunity that, that all of us wish we could yeah. have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're going to throw it away. He was like, that would be a slap in the face to us. Yes. And, and, and as a good friend, he was pushing him to like, no, you do not need to be here with us. You need to go and fulfill your potential. Sure. And if that means that you need to go to work for NASA somewhere else, yes. that's what we want for you. Yes. We get to see ourselves in you, mm. right? Wow. I'm going to put that on top of another situation I had when <laughs> we were in Southside St. Pete one day. Uh-huh. Young man, young Christian. Young, young guy. Young guy. Mm -hmm. And I went over to KB's house, and KB was just discouraged yes. one day. Yes, We were talking, he was like, man, I just discouraged, man, discouraged by my own sin and my own weakness. And yes. We were just having like, like being transparent. I remember this. <clears throat> And KB said, man, sometimes I just feel like, man, I don't know. Maybe I should just give all this up and become a regular Christian. I remember that. Remember when you said that to me? Yes, I do. And mm -hmm. I, in the spirit of Ben Affleck, looked at this man and I said, what in the world? First of all, there's no such thing as a regular Christian. Yes. A regular Christian is a Christian is a man that serves and loves God That's what you faithfully. Said. Well, first of all, what is a regular yeah, Christian? Yeah, I said, what I is a regular that. Christian? Yes. Number two, if you do this, KB, I'll freaking kill you. I remember that. Yes. Because I, I said that. Yes, yes, you did. Because believer for like six months. Yes, I was new. Yes. But I said that because the man sitting across from me had the same kind of potential. Oh. 
that Matt Damon had. Can you feel the brilliance? Had Matt that Matt Damon had in Goodwill Hunting. We were all wondering where that was going. And I was like, wow. if you stay here, this guy, as a, a, a you just try to live this regular. I just want to be a regular Christian life. I will kill you because God has called you. It's obvious that you are gifted in such a way Woo! that you cannot just be sitting here laying brick with the rest of us. <laughs> and if you did that, oh. it would be a slap in the face to me. Oh, wow. It would be a slap in the face to your Lord. Wow. And it would be a slap in the face to Southside St. Petersburg, bro. Wow. You have to go and fulfill your potential. Wow. And I say all that to tell you that what you are experiencing here and what you may have been experiencing by God's grace, using this man to give you music and clothing and mm -hmm. content and messages, you know, and his speaking engagements mm. is a fulfillment of the potential that God put on his life when he was younger. Mm. Mm. The mm. same way that we saw that with Matt Damon in Goodwill Hunting. When you watch Matt Damon get in that car in Goodwill Hunting and he's driving down that long road with all of those nice forest trees going to fulfill his potential. You think about Kevin Elijah Spoon and Gru the Burgess when you look at his face because he is fulfilling his potential right now. Deep. I mean, deep. I am telling y'all about my friend. I lost this one. And my family. There's no hope. Kevin Elijah Smooth and Groove Burgess. Don't leave your Bible around him. True theologian for real. Wow, bro. I'm telling you, my brother. Bro. Bro, I'm actually getting emotional, bro. <laughs> I'm getting emotional because I remember that. I remember that too, Maybe man. Just, just for the, uh, for, uh, I just want to be political in this moment right now and be a good politician mm -hmm. and say, excellent, excellent introduction. <laughs> and you have won, I have lost, all right? Let me just acknowledge that. <laughs> but, bro, personally, uh -huh. oh, I'm getting emotional thinking about that, bro. I, I remember. remember. I was 17. Yep. Yes, I, 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 we were at my grandmother's house yep. in her room. Yep. And I remember saying that, and you rebuked me, bro. Yeah, I remember. I was upset that you said it. Yes. I was 16, but I remember when you said it. I was like, what the heck? What are you thinking? Bro, had, had that. So let me go ahead and just say this real quick. Thank you so much for the introduction, brother. Praise God. But I have to honor in a way consistent with the cosmos. <laughs> there are ways that there are things that deserve attention. Uh, you know, when you find the woman that you want to give your life to, you just don't say you want to start life together and y'all just move forward. No, right. you need weddings. Mm-hmm. You need uh you need you need you need a a a congregation of witnesses. You Ooh. need a licensed minister. You need to have this display of the sacredness of what you are about to enter into. Oh if you do not appreciate what this is, if we don't come together and honor it collectively, do you truly know the value of the thing that you now that you now hold? Of course. I have to apply that level of sacredness to my brother, I mean the Dream Hudson, because if you begin to talk about this man in a way that isn't hollowed, oh my gosh, if you begin to talk about him in a way that doesn't recognize the sacredness of what he has accomplished and who he is, his person and his work, cut this man's mic, who he is and what he's done, cut his mic. Do you really appreciate 
the man in which you're talking to, of course I am having to bow a proverbial knee. <laughs> Not a proverbial knee. To the man that demons know by name. Oh. You know, you don't think I don't say. You remember the sons of Skiba? What camera? What camera? You remember? Well, they, they ran up, they ran up on these demons, right? And they wanted to cast them out. Oh my and god. And these demons looked at these zealous men, these sons who thought that they were walking in the authority of Jesus, and they went to cast these demons out. And these demons said, wait, hold on, wait, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Hold up. They said, Paul, I know. I have heard of Paul. Okay, Jesus <laughs> had a combo with him about three weeks ago before his ascension. But you, I don't know whose man's is this. But let me tell you something. Beat them to their nakedness. But when I mean the dream walks into the room. When I mean... Even the mic trembles. <laughs> My word. Look at the... <laughs> even the mic trembles. When I mean walks into the room, the demons know him by first and last name. Drake said that he knows G4 pilots on a first name basis. Ha! Does the devil know you on a first name basis? And he trembles at the thought that you might walk in in the power of the spirit of God. These are the kind of men. I mean the dream like men. When the scripture says that we are to be living testaments that we ought to in our lives be walking exegesis of the scripture. What comes to mind when you see a man like I mean the dream Hudson? Uh, the gates of hell will not stand against. How about Hebrews 3.13? But encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. I have news for you today. When you think about a master class in biblical precision. No. Not in lecture, but in living. <laughs> turn that finger right here because he holds it. This gentleman right oh. here is not afraid of the dark. The dark is afraid of him. Some help, bro. God yeah. bless you. God keep you. <laughs> and I am honored. Forgive me. Because your regalness oh is so gosh. high that the very attempt to honor it is to disrespect it. You are Voldemort in the spiritual realm. I hope I'm not Voldemort. He who cannot be named. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, no, you didn't. Given my nasal problems, I feel like Voldemort. <laughs> but I, can't even, I can't even breathe through Ladies this. Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for our Mean the Dream Hudson. Thank you so much. Man. I do thank you, though, bro. I do thank you uh, for opening like that because um, I have referenced that in a, uh, a community series that I did at our church one time. Mm -hmm. That story, uh, because that day saved my life, bro. Man, praise God. I had already worked out a full <laughs> direction change. Yeah, I was you... still in high school. I had time to pull out of this Bible college that I was planning on going to. There was all sorts of room, bro, to be somewhere else. Right. Had you came in and said, you know what? Let's both be regular <laughs> Christians together. Let's go to FAMU. Let's go to FAMU. We'll keep Jesus. We would have lost like our that, faith in that, 30 minutes. Like that rabbit, that little, <laughs> that little uh, rabbit foot that you put on your keychain for good luck. Remember, remember you people ride around the hood with the big truck or, with the Bible, Bible on the, Bible on the and, and the sun didn't burn the, the pages sun. up. <laughs> the Bible, so the <laughs> Bible suffering. Bible like, ah! The Bible suffering, bruh.
They're like, yo, Uncle, hey, Uncle, hey, Uncle, Uncle James, Uncle James. James. I see you got the scripture on your, your dashboard. Yeah, hey, you know that keep me safe. That keep, keep me from getting in the brother. They you know use the Bible saying? as a like talisman. You know that keep me from getting right. in a uh, car accident. And then they'll be critical of people who do have a rabbit foot and say, man, you know. You got, you, got, you got got people that claim to people be people out here that got rabbit got foots. rabbit foots. The, the, the demonic you know symbols hanging from there. Cleaning uh, the house the first of the year, trying to get the spirits out, running sage and smoke around. But not me. I keep a Bible and I keep it open. To roasting Psalm, on my Psalm twenty three. Keep Psalm twenty three roasting that, on my I, dashboard every day. That staff will comfort me every day, every day to this day. But Uncle James, have you actually read this book? Any day, or this have year. you applied? I ain't got to. The Bible hey, said, no. "I know." Let me tell you what my mama told me that say, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. I don't got to swing it. The spirit of God. Oh, that's, swings all, that's, it. that's all. That's all we got to know is that the spirit of God swings. Look, the Bible, the Bible say we know in part. That's right. And we do in part. <laughs> I, I don't know if it says that. I don't know if it says we do in part. Well, you, you, we well, know I, in part. Well, I'm doing in part. Yes, I already. I, actually, I can't, actually, only can do what I know. <laughs> and if I know in part, I only can do in part. The way I think about I, it. The way I think is that the, <laughs> the way I think about it is that the Bible says we know well, in part. Well, I already learned my part, well, so I don't really know what else I need to learn. Well, so I'm I, like, I'm say the way I, that I think about it. The way I think the about way it. I see it. You know what I'm saying? But no, no, that's good, man. Well, praise God. And I think it also, uh, in some ways. Perhaps it can be a segue into mm -hmm. what we want to talk about today because because uh, we, as we consider the ways in which suffering plays itself out in mm. this world. Right. Um, it, it brings our attention to another angle of the human condition. Mm -hmm. And we want to be careful to not give people a license for sin or to defang the consequences of sin. We are right to feel that. And our Christian leaders have done a good job of trying to tell people about the seriousness of sin. Right. Get that. Mm -hmm. But what we don't hear a lot of, Meansy, is a lot of talk about why people sin mm -hmm. and what that sin is doing in them in a material way. Right. Because sin in a lot of ways is something that people engage in to try to soothe their own wounds. Yeah. Uh, it is, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a coping mechanism or a healing mechanism. Yes. And what happens is for us, the, we can go through pain and suffering in life in big ways and small ways, which could be physical. Yeah. Um, it, could, it, could, it could just be like circumstantial. Yeah. And the flesh will offer us ways to cope with suffering. Yes. That aren't biblical. Right, 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 and right. And say, hey, let me help you deal with the pain. Right. Um, and you can deal with the, I'll give you an outlet. Yes. From this pain. Yes. And here, take it. Yes. That's, that is the, that is, that's, that, that's temptation. Yes. Right. And the flesh will play on that. Right. When it comes to pain and when it comes to suffering. Yes. And I think you're right in the sense that we don't talk a lot about why people sin. Yeah. Because we are we have been taught that why people sin doesn't matter. Right, 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 it's right. It's just that they sin because they're what sinners, matters because which they're is, sinners. Which is absolutely true. And it is true. biblically true, yes. but it is also very reductionistic. It is very reductionistic. It is and it and it is and it separates human it, it separates sin from the human in human condition. Come on, sir. You know what I'm saying? Because yes. we talk about, oh, it's the, you know, the human condition. We're falling. Yes. Falling. Well, what does that mean then? Yes. Because what, what, what it does mean is that we go through, we as human, it, 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 
it almost makes sense. Seems like it seems like it's not an embodied reality. That's right. It is. It is just it's a, a theological it's just reality, a theological, which just, it is. It is, and that's the thing about that. That's the um, that is kind of the gripe that I think I have with being a. Uh, I, and I know I've said this several times, but I'm going to keep saying it. Coming out of certain reform circles, yes, everything just becomes theological realities, and yes. it doesn't become about embodied human realities. That's right. That's right. And bringing those two things together. Yes. So it's not the fact of why you sin; it's the fact that you sinned. I don't care why you did it. Why right. you did it doesn't matter. That's right. Why all, all that matters is that you chose sin over God. You are committing idolatry. You are worshiping your own sensuality. Yes. You are making yourself God. Yes. And you are and you and you committed treason against the Lord. Yes. That's all that matters. Yes. And the problem with that is it's like the story that the that uh, one gentleman told when he said it's like you're going to a river and it's like all of these babies are floating down the river Yes, and y'all are gathering and you're like man all these babies are floating down the river and you gather the babies yes, up and you're like babies. what is going on Yes, so you're at the bottom of this river collecting all of these babies and so much so that you're like we need to build an institution to house these babies and collect them and, and provide for them and all of these things yes so you're collecting all of these babies. You're building an institution at the at the bottom of the river. Yes. You're getting them to families. You're raising them up in the ways of the Lord. And yes. like you're doing, and you're like, man, look at this amazing thing that we're doing yes. by rescuing these babies yes. and, and getting them to loving families. And nobody is saying, hey, did y'all ever think to go to the top of the river and see why babies are being thrown in here? Maybe the way that we could actually do something about this is to stop the root cause of the problem, and that's that people keep putting babies in the river. Stop dumping so the babies. So maybe instead of building an institution or yes. along with building an institution yes. to house them, somebody can go up there and try to stop whoever is doing this. Yes. And I feel like that's what it's like with sin, yes. is that all you care about is that it's the babies at the bottom of the river. That's you right. don't care about the root, about how or why. Yes, 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 and yes. So, and, and I think that it's... And, and then also, we shame folks... And I'm for their sin, and and no, don't get me wrong, sin is shameful. Yes, yes, Paul yes. made it very clear. Yes, you know what are you getting out of the things that you were once ashamed of? Yes, Paul yes, literally yes. says that our sins are things that when we think about it, we are ashamed of it. Yes, yes. So sin brings shame. Right. If you think about sin, it's a package deal. Right. One of the things that sin brings along with it in its backpack is shame. Yes. Right. Yes, and, yes, yes. And condemnation. Um. Yes. And and, and so. I don't think that we have it. to work hard. We don't have to bring shame always to the situation because sin brings that by itself. Yes, Unless yes. you have somebody that's just hard in their sin and they have no shame. Right. That's a different story. Sure, now you're sure. dealing with a whole different animal. Right, right, right. But I think that one of the things that you cannot do, and I, I shout out to my therapist, Diane, for saying this to me, is that you cannot shame someone out of their sin. That's right. That's right. You yes. can't shame them out of it. It doesn't work that way. Yes, yes. It doesn't. Um, and, especially. Yeah. Especially. If shame is what's driving them into their sin, exactly. So it, it's like you're using dirt to clean. So it, 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 in, really in, in a lot of respects, dirt to clean. You, you, in a lot of respects, you were just adding to the issue. I, I had a conversation with a sister one time, a dear sister of mine who I have so much respect for. She's one of the sharpest theological thinkers that I that I know. Who was talking to me about the ways in which uh, she's experiencing this falling world and it's making her doubt who she is, uh -huh. doubt people's love for her, God's love for her, those kinds of things. And as she was, she started with it from a kind of proposition. Right. I feel as though God has abandoned me because of my illness, because of uh -huh. where I am, blah, 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 uh -huh. blah, blah. And as Main she point. would give me the blah, so it was like a, she, let me say it like this, yeah. she made, I feel like God has abandoned me. So right. It was a theological Main, statement, the, right. right? And then when she began to explain it, it was all 
not theological things, but psychological things. Right. It was it was very human. Yeah. It was that it was the 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 illness she was she was wrestling with. It right. was uh the the ways in which um she receives compliments or receives critiques mm-hmm. or interprets what is happening mm-hmm. in her life or mm-hmm. at work or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting with her and she concluded with, I just need to trust the gospel more. And I said, sister. Very ambiguous statement. It is. I said we learned that from a lot of our yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I, said, I, I said to her, I said, I said, sis, let me go out on a limb, a limb here. I think you're right. I affirm what you're saying. Amen. That we do need to trust the gospel more. But I want to remind you that there is no scenario in this fallen world where a Christian doesn't need to trust the gospel more. Amen. That's almost as given as the fact that humans need to breathe. It's a perpetual so, truth that's always perpetual there. Perpetual truth. We right. do need to believe the gospel more. Right. I'm with you. I said, however, as you're talking, I'm wondering if some, not all, but if some of what you're saying is you trying to so- solve a psychological or even a sociological issue with theological answers. Right. In some ways... If the issue is that is that you don't understand the gospel well enough, you don't understand that Jesus has died for you and that you are forgiven and you are free and you are loved and that your, your, your penalty has been paid for, your, right. your sin and debt have been nailed to the cross. Right, right. If you're struggling with that reality, then we need to have a theological conversations about a conversation about what the scripture says about the content of the gospel. Right. But it doesn't sound like that's the struggle. I don't think that you need a clearer picture of the gospel per se in a special way to deal with this problem. I think you need to ask some questions about what is going on with how you're living your life. Maybe something as simple as how you're sleeping. Right. I talk about this, bro, in in, in the... Sorry, I keep... I keep uh, referencing my book. But I I talked about the moment when Elijah comes off of the mountain after his showdown with these prophets where he is, he is, you know, Wilt Chamberlain on the mountain, slam dunking on the on, on the prophets of Baal, mm-hmm. comes off the mountain, finds finds out that there's somebody that wants to kill him, and now he wants to he wants to die himself. Right. He's, he's terrified, and how God ministers to him with sleep and food. Yeah, that there's something spiritual. That this is not me minting. This is not me meeting your mental. Uh, your uh, your sort of cognitive dissonance mm-hmm. with simple cognitive answers. Right. But it's also talking about where your humanity comes into play here. Right. Man, if there's ways that you grew up with your father abusing you and undercutting you and undermining you and abandoning you, you don't think that those that those things are spilling into how you're living your life. Right. And a part of the, the part of what the job of a good pastor or or, or a good therapist is to bring those theological truths to bear in a human way. Right. What does it mean to unfurl the ways you've been injured in regular life that's playing out? Right. 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 In your decisions that your sin is not disconnected from the way that you've experienced the world, the ways that it's injured, injured you, the ways in which you've been wounded. That also needs to be considered. It's not just you taking out a gospel primer and reading through it again. Right. As good as that is you. But you always need to be doing that. But we also need to be asking if I am finding myself uh, going to porn at the same time every single week after the same kind of circumstances that happened in my life. Is there indeed something going on deeper than you simply 
Let me put it like this. Is there something going on that isn't simply explained by you don't believe the gospel enough or you don't fear God enough? Right. I'm not hating on those theological propositions. Right. But there's a real human element to those theological propositions that get into the psychology of who you are right. that I want to ask, what are you being, what are you getting in this moment? Mm-hmm. In this moment of watching this, what is it soothing in you? Right. What oftentimes, as studies have shown, the scripture would speak to this as well, that oftentimes you go after your addictions to assuage a wound that you rightfully want to be healed. Right. I rightfully want to feel affirmed and loved and cared. I, 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 I rightfully want to feel as though that I am not about to lose everything. Right. And sometimes... Oh, man, I especially think about alcoholism, bro. Mm-hmm. I had a conversation with a sister this week when she was telling me about her marriage is ending uh, because of alcohol, bro. And the story she was telling and the risk that it brought to uh, this, this, her husband drunk himself out of his job, drunk himself out of... Um, out of his family, drunk himself out of his future, goes to rehab, gets out of rehab, jumps right back into the same the same pit that he was in before. Mm-hmm. What is he trying to drink away? Because oftentimes the thing that we're trying to drink away is a thing that should go away. Right. Right. I should get rid of this pain. Our job is to get around and find ways to either minister to that pain or find ways to be content in that pain that doesn't lead to destructive behavior or you don't try to assuage that pain with destructive behavior, consequently destroying your life. But we have to talk deeply about what is happening in the why. Right. Why? Yeah, and, and not oversimplify it. We can't. Because what we say is, oh, well, the why is that you don't love God enough. Yeah. Or the why is the gospel hasn't taken place in your heart enough. Like you said, you don't believe the gospel enough. Yeah. It's like, well, what does that mean? Yes, yes, yes. What does it mean for me to believe the gospel in these very human moments, yes, right? Yes. And I think it's, I, I think that we, again, we love to, like, it's, it's just like the other day where I saw folks tweeting, Jesus was never depressed. Jesus never had anxiety. And I'm like, what? Yeah. It's 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 so strange to me how you all try to strip Christianity of the human experience. That's right. That's right. And it, like you said, it's just a theological. It's just about theological facts. So yes. it's like I need to under. It, it, it's not always that. And you And again, need more. reference what we said earlier. I'm getting right back to you. I mean, right. re- reference what we said We're earlier. That's saying, probably because of your bias. Because you don't struggle or don't think you struggle you don't, with anxiety. You don't Go think, ahead. Yeah, it's because you don't struggle with anxiety or depression, or you think you don't. Yes. Right. And 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 actually, you might you might yes. or you struggle with some other mental things that uh, you don't even recognize. Yes. Some some of y'all some of these cats struggle with freaking narcissistic traits and don't even see it. Yes, and yes, you, yes. you actually need to be going to a counselor for it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> was it, yeah, I'm reading one book right now that said that there's literally, when they, the, the data shows that pa- that pastors have a much, have are, are higher on the scale for narcissistic traits than, any, than, than anybody else. And Christians are higher on the scale for narcissistic traits than, un- than non-Christians really? are. Really? Yes. Um, wow. But that's a whole nother story. Oh, next so, episode though, for sure. A whole nother story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, but and and then that a lot of narcissists don't go to counseling for their narcissism because they don't 
know that they have narcissistic traits. Yes, yes. But either way, I think um, we remove this human element because what we have been taught is the what you need is more information. Yes, yes, yes. And it's not that you necessarily need more information. Yes. You just need more spiritual formation. Yes, yes, yes. And I think spiritual formation, though, it doesn't just come by more information. It does though. not. That's the, that's the thing. It's not. You are love, not a brain on a stick. You're not a brain on a stick. And I love what our pastor says. I think that there is... Uh, I love where he's where he talks about uh, spiritual therapy. Yes, yes, yes. That a lot of us need some uh, 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 spiritual therapy. Yes, and um, I think that uh, it's not. But spiritual therapy is not necessarily just you reading more information. If I just get if I read a gospel primer, right? It is somehow somehow just me having more information and clarity about what Jesus did is going to heal everything in me that is broken. That's right. That is not how it works. Right, 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 the, right. The, the, the gospel is not a panacea to heal everything because of information. Yes, yes. What heals things is, of course, the spirit of God coming into you, but he he flushes the the things of God out in a very everyday pedestrian way, yes, yes, which yes. may look like at times you discovering and talking about what this woundedness is you have and why it is there yes, and getting yes. to the root of it yes, yes. so that God can actually come in. A lot of y'all, a lot of folks are asking God to heal a, a, a wound that they don't, they don't even know where it is. They don't know where it is. And they'll say, oh, well, you know, God knows. God. It's like the doctor asking you, where does it hurt? And you're like, I, I don't know. But it oh, hurts. Okay, and 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 but folks will say, well, you know, unlike that, God knows where it is, and I'm like, yes, but I also think that that God wants you to know where it That's is. That's right. And let me add to that as well. <laughs> Do not disconnect God from the way that He loves to work. Yeah, God loves to work through the work of people every day. That wasn't and our idea. Life. That, yeah. that wasn't our idea. You think we're doing this podcast because of an ego trip? That we get, we just get something out of throwing things out and having people react to it and maybe like and uh, subscribe it. I know there are people that are out there doing it, but let me tell you, that's not why we're doing this. We are doing this because we sit here as men who are striving to model our entire lives after the Lord Jesus Christ via these kinds of conversations, yeah, bro. Right, right. We've gotten here based off the stuff that we're saying. Right. And what we want to do is then share that with a wide audience of people. That right. was literally the idea for the podcast. Right, right. What if what we do in community for the last 15, what we've been doing in community for the last 15 years in barbershops, in mm-hmm, hospitals, mm-hmm. In, at the train station, uh, at the bus stop, mm-hmm. in the streets, in the church, at Chipotle, at Chick-fil-A. What if those kinds of things that have transformed us, uh, it, and they're not just the combos, but also what we did, mm-hmm. uh, what we did out of those combos, right, right, right. how that made us who we are. What if we could platform that and share that with the right. world? That's what we're here. And, and honestly, And brothers, we have not arrived. We have not arrived. Right. We're, it's, it's a journey for us. Right. But don't get it twisted. The way that the Lord loves to work, I'm thinking about Ezekiel, the, uh, the scripture says that God scoured the land looking for one man to stand in the gap. Ah, uh, yes. Why didn't God just step down and stand in the gap by himself? Lord, what are you looking? Why are you looking for a man to stand in the gap? You stand in the gap, Lord. Why is he looking to send someone? Yes. Looking for anyone. Yes. That th- would think about Isaiah. Right. 
Well, 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 why, why, gonna go? Isaiah, why does Isaiah have to volunteer to go? God, go yourself. You can do it yourself. Think about the council in Job chapter one, the heavenly council, where, where they're in the spiritual realm, not even in the human right. realm, in the spiritual realm, here you have these spirits that line up before the throne of God, and God is looking to accomplish something, and he does it through the, human. the things, the people, the institutions he created. Right. That's how God works. So do you think our God is a pedestrian God? God our God is the creator of human mm -hmm. and humans that give yes, he's the creator of humans and he has designed those humans to live in human ways. Let nice. me just say, say something even more scandal, scandalous. Mm -hmm. God didn't make you for heaven. Mm -hmm. God made you for earth. Mm -hmm. God made men and women to live here. He gave you senses right. that he plans on redeeming. Mm -hmm. He gave you feet and arms and eyes to behold the world he created. And he doesn't plan to get rid of so it. So much so that you're going to be on a new earth. He's creating a new <laughs> earth. He's not giving up say on the project. I'm just giving you a celestial kingdom. That's <laughs> That's right. We don't even have a whole lot of conversation about when in scripture, there's not a ton of conversation of what we call the intermediate heaven. See, that's that's very true. Where you go die and live and wait for and judgment. Then and then it looks very and then the, and all of the other stuff. You're like, I kind of don't know what to understand about it. I'm yeah, thinking exactly. about what happens with Lazarus and Lazarus and the rich man. And yes, that's right. And what, what is Abraham's going on? Bosom and Abraham's there's... bosom and what, what's yeah, that yeah, like? Yeah, yeah. He doesn't really give us a play-by-play -play yeah, detailed. Yeah. Of what that's gonna look it's like. Not really in there, but we do have a pretty strong testament of what the final destination of all things are, which is they redeemed heaven and earth, and we're living on the earth. Right. That's what God made us for. Mm -hmm. If the human experience is so important to God that God became a human and is going to be human forever, that's, Jesus is that's never That's another not thing that you got to think man. about, that God himself... <laughs> Come on, man. The humanity piece, I think, gets lost on a lot of us, dog, because we only look at humanity as fallen. Yes, yes, yes. So when we think about human nature, we think about depravity. Yes. I believe in total depravity. Yes, it's yes. very real. Yes. If you don't think it is, bro, I don't... You can just go look at Twitter. the news every... <laughs> See what's trending on Twitter. Go to Twitter and go to go to Reddit. Uh, well, no, maybe not Reddit, but go to Twitter. <laughs> Um, and it's a, and, and and there's a lot of places you can see the cesspool of depravity that humanity is 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 swimming in. Yes, yes. Um, but I think that we lose the human piece in the sense that we only are looking at our humanity. Sometimes we look at our humanity as just like fallen and bad, right? Right, right, right. God, when we well, I think that one of the most godliest things that we can do in considering how we serve one another is just a, it's, it's a cliche maxim. Sure. But put yourself in someone else's shoes right. is, the, is, is what I would say, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, we hear it all the time. Right, right, right. But when you think about what God did, yeah. he was literally the paragon of what it means to put yourself in someone else's shoes because Jesus wrapped himself in humanity. humanity. He is literally, yes. literally yes, yes. putting himself in humanity's shoes. Yes. Literally. Yes. And he's never taking the shoes he's off. That's another thing off. to think about that can blow your mind is that he is never taking his humanity off yes. ever. Yes, bro. He came down embodied. Yes. And, 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 and it tells us in the scriptures yes. that we do not have a high priest that cannot sympathize with our human 
with, 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 with our temptations and everything that we face as a human. Yes. Why? Because he was tempted in every way like we are, yes, yes. yet did not sin. Yes, yes, yes. That is the epitome of putting yourself in someone's shoes. Jesus could say, I know what it's like to be human. Yes. I know what it's like to be yes, tempted. Yes, yes, yes. I know what it's like to want to soothe pain and suffering. Yes. With, uh, to, to have the temptation to do something that you should not do. Yes. Yet I am the master teacher for you because I never gave into it. Yes, So yes. you can learn from me. Yes, yes. But I can sympathize with how you feel. I know. Why? Because I'm a, I was a I human. Was I woke up. This is the thing that's crazy. Come on, when you brother. think about it, God... I love how uh, 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 Tish Warren Harrison puts this, that God in a very real sense embodied himself. We think about Jesus's ministry and Jesus's life. We have a very short amount of time in yeah. scripture about Jesus being born in his infancy. Yeah. infancy. Yes. We, have a, we have a time about Jesus's childhood, which is mainly about, you know, him getting lost in a caravan, yeah, yeah. parents going crazy. Yes. Hey, yo, why did you, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, wh wh why weren't you with us? And Jesus, yeah, like, yeah. woman, you know, you know? I, was about, I was about my father's business. You know, <laughs> you know, you know, you? Me. You, you, know what's up. you know the vibes, right? But we don't have a lot about Jesus's like, a lot about Jesus' infancy or his boyhood or adolescence. Right, right. It's like Jesus is born. He had that moment as a child and then he's a man. Yeah, yeah. Right? 30. But you have to think about this, which is crazy, is that Jesus for 30-something years yes. lived an ordinary pedestrian human experience, yes. bro. Yes, yes, yes. For 30 plus something years yes. as a human being yes. who was working, yes. who was hungry, yes. who had to go to the bathroom, yes. who got tired, yes. who maybe had a little sniffle every now and then. Yes, yes. He and, and we get introduced with uh, uh, to Jesus when he is starting his earthly ministry, but he had 20 plus something years of living a regular everyday pedestrian yes. life yes. as God in the flesh. God Think in about that. the flesh for most of his life on for, earth. Most of his years. life, he spent living a rather unremarkable, yes, 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 human, regular, ordinary pedestrian life, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. unremarkable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That the, his the, the 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 miraculous and remarkable things happened once he started his ministry, which wasn't for long. Yes, that yes, wasn't yes. the majority a of his life. Very short ministry. The, and, and 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 you think about that is that that is where I think a lot of our living as Christians take place in the everyday, mundane, ordinary human existence is not in the highlights. Yes, that's right, that's right, that's right. That's right. And so, and, 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 and for that humanity piece, I think that we can, we can, we can forget about that yeah. because all we can think about is information and theology That's and right. information and theology is king. That's what will heal us. If I just read some more systematic theology, if I just get more theological education, yes. I think about like some new insight, some, new, some new theological yeah. insight that uh -huh. I didn't see, some new Pauline, maybe I need to study some more Pauline theology. Right, right. None of that stuff is actually healing you. That's why you have a bunch of these theologians right now, yeah. especially in the culture war that we're in, that have all this theological knowledge, but are jerks. That's right. Miss the simple, the simplest. They truths, cannot do the, the simplest thing like loving fruit, your neighbor as your low hanging fruit. Like of the loving faith your enemy are, are are out of reach for them. The, Can I add something to what you said, bro? Yeah. Just to just harp on the, the the humanity of Jesus. It's so crazy that uh that the Bible's emphasis on Jesus as we read it. Uh -huh. Is mainly on his humanity. Yeah, not on his deity. Not, or especially when he walked walked, walked the uh, the earth. Right. That the 
that, that he was never it was less on man God Christ than he Jesus. ever was before, but right. he adds humanity to his godness, yet he lives out his life in this world mainly through trust in the spirit of God the same way you got to live your life out in this world. And I am struck by the fact that Jesus, when he uh, raises from the grave, grave and he shows up for story time with his disciples. <laughs> Story time and fish. Story time with his <laughs> disciples. What's the thing that he got to have present in the conversation? What's the thing that has to be present as the glorified, resurrected Jesus sits with his disciples? Fish. Yep. We're going to eat. Mm-hmm. He's eating. As a glorified man. As a glorified God man. Right. Then you jump over to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. Mm-hmm. After the ascension, right after the ascension, yeah, when Peter stands up to address the audience who is in awe of Pentecost, right, and he refers to Jesus Christ as Jesus of Nazareth, right, that Peter understands that the risen Christ, who forever <clears throat> will be man and God, mm-hmm. he understands him to be entitled. The Christ Jesus from Nazareth. Jesus didn't name the city Nazareth. Mm-hmm. He was born in <laughs> Nazareth. Yeah. He adopted the name of the place that stand that is next door to Bethany, the house of the poor. Nazareth is a sister to the ghetto because Nazareth is the ghetto. Right. How could it, anything good? The, 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 the biblical writers are trying to tell you something. Right. This was the place that we would call the bad side right. of town. Right. The place the that, sketchy that, side that, of town. The, the, the place that investors go to to buy up the, the block for uh to 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 raise the property value yeah. and then flip to these ginger, to gentrify. Exactly. These right. lemons that they bought and flip flip them into a gentrification fortune. This is Nazareth. And forever Jesus is the Lord from Nazareth. Peter refers to him that by name. Right. That you will be worshiping Jesus from the ghetto forever. Right. How human is that, bro? This is indeed a God who sympathizes with humanity, yet our faith is so disconnected from humanity. Right. It's almost completely and totally that which is in the clouds. But let me ask you a question, dear brother, dear sister. Where do you want Jesus to sympathize with you? Right. What area? Right. Is it in your theological understanding? Do, if Jesus showed up, is the main thing you want him to do is meet you at Starbucks or Chick-fil-A yeah. to Damn, talk God, about just, theology. Just please give me some uh, more uh, uh, clarity about, Man, uh, this esch- you, about eschatology. The synoptic gospels. And, or, 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 There's these small little discrepancies. Premillennialism, postmillennialism. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you? Textual criticism. Where, where are we at right here? Are you a Latin Vulgate kind of guy? Are you a guy? full preterist or a partial preterist? Yeah, where, where are you at? Now, right. And I know that we, I know my theologians are probably like, oh, you're making fun of the thing. that We love theology. Yes. Listen to the we show. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, we, we, the theology is necessary. But what I am saying, what is your most desperate need, dear brother, dear sister? Right. Is it to know the silver bullet for your theological discrepancies? Yeah. And let's take it even further. Is it to know some sort of key principle that you can introduce on Twitter to shut down your opponent right, or something. Right. Is it to know some kind of knowledge that would somehow give you access to uh, a, a greater fortune? 
all things that we all would appreciate. But I bet the thing that you would most want Jesus to sympathize with you with at Chick-fil-A or Starbucks mm -hmm. is what do I do about this sin that is plaguing my life? Yes. What do I do about this brokenness, Lord God, that I am setting up traps for my own self? Yeah. Most of the issues that I can look at in my life, if I'm honest, the main person that keeps putting a stick in the wheel on the bicycle of life is me. Is me. Right, right. I find myself on the ground and there's a foot on my neck and when you zoom out, the it's, boot it's is an, on my it's, hand. It's, a, it's me like this with a Nike, with a with an Air Presto. Yes. <laughs> I need you to, Lord, I want you to sympathize with me in the areas that I most desperately want out. Here's the biggest thing that we try to do in discipleship, in spiritual therapy, in Christian therapy, is that we are trying to bridge the gap between who you want to be and who you actually are. Man, that is it. That's what we're trying to do, that King. Is it. And what Jesus is saying is that in the areas that you want me to be the most understanding, I think about what the scripture says about God, in, in, in Psalms about God understanding the frailty of, of the people he's dealing with. Ooh, yes. He knows my frailty. Yeah. It says in the prophets that he, a bruised reed. He will not break. He will not break a smolder, a, smoldering a, wick. A yep. bruised reed, he will not break. A smoldering wick, he will not blow out. Mm -hmm. He knows that human beings walk through this world as bruised reeds, yeah. as smoldering wicks, right. as fragile right. pieces of clay. Yeah, man, we're like moths, man. He knows. He knows that. Yeah. Man's life is in their nostrils. Mm -hmm. The vapor that is that describes our lives is also to speak to how transient we are, mm -hmm. to how small mm -hmm. we are, mm -hmm. to how needy we are. Mm -hmm. God want, God in Christ sympathizes with that part of you, the part of you that is making you hurt. Right. And what I'm trying to say here is that we have disconnected Jesus from the right, from here, we have, we have disconnected Jesus from the broken and connected, connected him to the righteous. And what I want to remind you is that Jesus said, I did not come for the righteous. Yeah. I came for the unrighteous. Yeah. I came for the broken. I came for, for the, the sick. poor, the imprisoned, yeah. the sick. Those who, who need, need a doctor in the most yeah. vulnerable places. Right. That's what he's here for. Then it follows. <clears throat> is everybody like, oh yeah, amen. Yeah, I get that. And why don't you sound like that? Why don't we sound like that in our ministries? Because what it sounds like, we are a place for the righteous and the people that got it together that don't struggle, that are disconnected from mm. the physical and mental strains of this existence. Right. The context of Hebrews when he says he can sympathize. Right. That's ex I don't need him to sympathize with my success. Or with my, or with my information. Yes, Father, the, the, sympathize the, with my enjoyment. Yeah. <laughs> Sympathize with all of that theological information that I do know about That's you. That's right. The stuff I do have figured no, out. No, I need to, I need him to that. sympathize with the stuff that I don't have figured out. Yes. The stuff that I'm like, I don't understand what this is. I don't understand why I do this. I don't understand why I feel broken in this area. I yes, don't, yes. I don't, I don't, un, I don't understand my humanity as well as you do. Yes, 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 yes. I need the human God to help me understand my own human brokenness. And Jesus says, I had moments where I didn't understand. And I had to say, not my will be done, 
Wait. But your will be done. Think about the, the the top of Hebrews where there's this there's this uh this this scene of Jesus crying out to God. That's what it says. Crying out, the text says, crying out to the God that could save his soul, to yep. save his life. Yep. Crying out. Why would Jesus be crying? This is not the Garden of Gethsemane. All we have is the Garden of Gethsemane where it's like there's a cross. Yeah, nobody ever talks about the peace in Hebrews either. We don't talk the about this other. The only agony we talk about that Jesus, Jesus is in is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Right. We don't talk about his, the, the, the agony that he was in as Hebrews talks about it, of him crying out to God. Yes, and what we need to understand that it is right for us to assume that what you saw in the Garden of Gethsemane was not an aberration or anomaly in Jesus' life. Jesus has been practicing for 30 years, crying out to God in what? Mm -hmm. what? What's happening in Jesus' life that he is on his knees, crying mm -hmm. out to God, weeping, Raising his voice, the Bible says that he with loud. That there's a volume issue here. Mm -hmm. That in volume, these loud petitions to God for help. Mm -hmm. What do you think is happening there? Mm -hmm. You think that he was just so content and so content in the work of the Holy Spirit, so in awe of the glory and wonder. He was walking around like a Hillsong song. Okay, like I am just sitting, basking in the presence of God with smiles and Hallmark cards. You think that was the context of Hebrews when he is crying out to God in tears, uh, asking for rescue and help and relief? Yep. No, I mean, I, you don't, got, I mean, I don't think I. I think that the context was probably more like, yeah, and, and how you. What's the context in which you would be doing that? Never out of because I have failed God right. in sin. Right. Let's be crystal clear there. Right. But certainly resonating what's behind your falls. Yeah. If you are in Christ. <laughs> A desperate longing to be aligned with what God is calling you to be in the pool of this world to stop that from happening. Yeah. Come and on, cuz. This is Jesus for you. This is Jesus for us. And, and, and that is going to be our reality. Yeah. His reality is our reality. Yes, he yes. is our teacher. Yes. We are the student. Yes, yes, and yes. And you think about what it's like you said, Hebrews. Yes. Can I read it? Please Hebrews read it. Chapter read five. the text. So I'm, I'm not, right? just, no, I'm not just making this up. I'll, I'll, I'll just start at, 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 at verse one, but what we're really talking about is verse seven through eight. It says, For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer gifts of sacrifice for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward, since he himself is beset with weakness. Right? Read, just read Listen, that verse one more yeah, time. This is talking Slowly. about what the high priest does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we know that Jesus is the ultimate high priest. Yes. But yeah, we, we, let, let us digest this. And what, Can you what just the, one more time what the author say, of Hebrews who saying? Who is the target of who he is fit to deal with? Yes. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, which is what Jesus does for us. That's right. To offer gifts and sacrifice for sins, which he is the gift and sacrifice for our sins. Yes, yes. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward since he himself is beset with weakness. Yes, yes, yes. Right? Because of this, he is obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins, talking about the high, what the high priest did for uh, the people of God, just as he does for... Uh, uh, for those of the people. And no one takes this honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, right? Yeah. But was appointed by him who said to him, this is the father saying this to Jesus, you are my son. Uh-huh. Today I have begotten you. And he says also in another place, you are priest forever after the order of, El of Melchizedek. Yes. So here he is, the author of Hebrews saying, 
uh, just as we're talking about that, the priests like Aaron, they in their pride and arrogance don't exalt themselves and say, hey, I'm going to be the high priest. Yes, I'm the guy now. now. Yeah, I'm the guy now. Yes. Right? God calls them to that. Yeah. And God has called Jesus to be our high priest, right? It even says how Christ did not exalt himself to be made high priest, yes. but was appointed by yes. him, right? Yes. Talking about God the Father, yes. right? And then, he, and then he goes into what God the Father says in relation to Jesus. But right after he says that you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, and he quotes this, he says, in the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him loud who was cries. able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through, through what he what? Suffered. Suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, being designed, uh, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Powerful. If Jesus, in the days of his flesh, yes. had to offer up prayers and supplications with loud cries to him who was able to save him from death, yes. what makes us think that we, in our the days of our flesh. Yes, yes, Which yes. is what the, the author is talking about. Jesus in his humanity. That's right. The days of his flesh when yes. he was here yes. being walking amongst the earth Beyond pedestrian the garden, like us. This is all of life This is Jesus. right, right? Yes. Um, he had to offer up prayers and supplications without cries in tears. Why? Why the tears? What would be the context of that, What sir? kind of agony is he in that the tears are flowing? yes. Because we, as you said, have this picture of Jesus just literally, <clears throat> because of his deity, yes. using uh, his deity, they just walk perfectly. Yes, the 150% ne God. Never in agony. 37% man. Though, though I'm in, though, though I am <laughs> 100 180,000% God, 2% man. 2% man. That's exactly how we, we look at it, like right? 2% milk. Though, though, it's yeah, milk, but right? only 2%. Right. Though I am, though Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, in so much agony that his blood vessels in his body is bursting and causing him to sweat blood. Yes, hematidrosis. Hematidrosis. Uh, even though we have we see Jesus in this garden in agony and then saying, God, hey, if there's any way, if there's any other way that this could be done, yes, Lord. I would love for that to be the I case. Will take that. But because I am faithful to you, yes. if this is what you if yes. this is the way that you want this to be accomplished, yes. Not my will, yes. but your will. Yes, yes, right? yes, yes. And so I think that we have these pictures of Christ's humanity that don't get talked about a lot. Right. And that is what causes us to also separate ourselves from our own humanity yes. because we only talk about the deity of Christ. Yes. We don't talk about as Bruce, was it Bruce Walkie or Bruce uh, Ware? Uh, no, uh, it's uh, Bruce Ware. Bruce Ware. Bruce Ware. We don't talk about as Bruce Ware's book is entitled, which everyone should read, The Man Christ Jesus. The Man Jesus. Christ Jesus. Right? And so I think in that, we lose that for ourselves. Yes, yes, yes. And then we don't really get to see Jesus as the high priest who can really sympathize with our humanity because we do not we do not actually understand or look at our own humanity to take it to Jesus. Yes. And not or you might do that for yourself, but you have a tendency for some reason, to not do that for others. That's right. Come on, sir. Come on, come on, come on, come on. So you, you, you understand your humanity. You yes. may, you may be one to understand it and say, yeah, man, we got a high priest that can sympathize with our you with 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 our humanity, since in every way he was tempted like us. Yes. But when it comes to somebody else in their humanity, yes. you don't sympathize with it as right. Jesus sympathizes yes, yes, with it. Yes, yes, yes. So I think it... it I, and, and honestly, Meansy, yeah. I really think uh, the, the inverse is probably more often, especially for folks in, um, who are, who, who are especially for folks who are sincerely trying to follow Jesus, 
the inverse is often the more salient reality that they don't see Jesus as the person that they can run to with right. their weakness. Right. Because Jesus right. actually does not understand or sympathize with what it is that they're going yeah, because through. Because he was God. What is he talking? He, he was perfect. That's right. How could he know what it is to be weak? How can he know the tension of resisting evil? How can he look at me in pity when he is so righteous and can't look upon sin? He is so Holy. Yeah. He is the thrice holy son of God. What I need to do, this is what our problem, this is what our challenge typically is, Mainzy, is that I am going to wait to get myself together and then I'll go to Jesus. Right. And you'll often think, especially if you're staring at a temptation that you feel that you've done before, right. that you feel like you can engagement, you can you feel like you can engage that temptation relatively safely. Meaning right, right. you're not, it's not gonna ruin your life. No one else is gonna find about right. find out about it. It's a or you've done it several times in your life. So oh, the roof hasn't fallen on me. What you will right. say is, I'm going to do this just one more time. I'll kind of get my rocks off, get this out of my system, and then I'll be then done I'll with go it. to Jesus. We don't even think to take the temptation to Jesus first. In the moment. Say, Lord, yeah. I know what I want to do. You know what this is. Right. From here, oh God. Yep. And, 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 and be Could honest you? with them about how you feel. Yes. God, I want to, my, what I'm thinking right now is I can just do this one more time and then be done with it. That's God, right. I know that that's not true. Yes. Or, it, or I might think that it's true right now, God, but I know that it's not right. Yes, yes. Please help me change my mind in yes, the midst yes, of this. Please, for sure. you know, Back me off the ledge. Yes, yes, yes. You know what I'm saying? Sure. You know what this is like. We don't even introduce Jesus to the conversation until after we have done what we needed to do. And the or shame that we need right. to do. Uh -huh. Now the shame is there. Mm -hmm. But even in our shame, our shame will keep us from going back to Jesus. We'll even wait till the shame period passes. Right. Then I'll go back to God. Yeah. And I think in some respects, Ooh, bro. Talk about it. I think in some talk respects, we see uh, Jesus as a cosmic taskmaster that you basically want to get good at keeping your sin from him instead of taking your sin to him. Ooh. That's the main thing, bro. And if we continue with the 185% God and 33% man, Jesus, the son of God, right? right? Then we will always only go to God when we feel like we're acting more like him right. and never go to him when we're acting like the weakest or the Ooh. wicked part of humanity. When the human issues begin to arise in our lives, we need a human savior that can speak to it. And we are often outside of that because we don't see Jesus the way Jesus wants to be seen, which is the man who stands between God and man because he can sympathize and relate to both because he's equally both. I so, love that. I love that. I, I want to say something real. Oh, go ahead, Meansy. No, I'll, I was I'll, just I'll thinking about, uh, it's funny that right before, you know, the passage that we were talking about in Hebrews um, right. 5, right. with Jesus, um, you know, uh, in the days of his flesh offering, you know, prayers and supplications with loud cries. Right. The verse... Right before the start of that chapter is exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Hebrews 4.15 that says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, 
but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, right. yet without sin. Right. Let us then, because of that, with confidence. Confidence. Is what the author of Hebrews is Ooh, saying. Why would confidence. I not be confident? I, I wouldn't be confident because I, I don't think I can come to right. him. And I don't think that he would understand yes. or relate. He is not, he is not, Jesus is not a human that is saying, come my fellow human child. Yeah. And tell me about the weakness of your humanity and what you in your weakness of humanity have wrought for yourself. Yes, yes. You're, you think of him saying that he's saying, come you know, lowly peasant human being yes. that I have no relation, that I don't understand at all because I'm a, I'm God. Right, right, right. And, and confess to me your horrible, horrible sins. Yes, yes, right? yes, yes. But you have the author saying, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Yes. Right? Yes. But one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then... So that he's saying, because of this, yes. because he is able to sympathize with our weaknesses because he was human himself and he was tempted as we are, yes. because of that truth that I just told you, let us then with confidence, yes. we can have confidence that he understands, yes. draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in what? The time, time of, of need, need, which shows that Ooh. us as human beings are in great need. Yes. We are in need. We are constantly in times of need when we're going to have to go to the God-man, Christ Jesus, and, and ask him for need in the midst of our weak humanity in which he knows everything about because he was human himself. Yes. And I think that we, we um, as you said, KB, we do not feel like we are fully loved and accepted by God. So we think, I got to look like God. I have to have a good track record of actually looking and walking like God yes. before I actually go to him with yes. my stuff yes, yes. For, for him to for him to um actually hear me. Now you have to think about what that says about God. That says yes. that God does God doesn't want broken people. Right. Um what God wants is uh, people that are perfect before they come to him. That's right. And he needs people that look like him before he comes to him, not people that come to him to look like him. That's what Ooh. you're saying. God needs people to come to him who already look like him, not come to him to look like yes, him. Yes, yes, yes. That is not what that is not how God is. Yes, yes. Also, I think that we have to understand that through Christ Jesus, we are fully loved, known, and accepted. And because of that, we can come to him out of that. Yes. Right. And so, and 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 that doesn't mean I know that there's the cheap grace, you know, cat sure. that use that whole you're already fully loved, fully known, fully accepted by God as a way to like not really care about or or not really uh be intentional about eradicating or crucifying and your your flesh or murdering sin in your life. So right, they'll right, be like, right. it's okay that you live in sin. You're already loved and accepted by God. That's not what I'm saying. Right, that's, right, right. That that is not what the scriptures that's teach. That's not going to Jesus. Right. That's yes. not going to Jesus. Yes. Right. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> sitting in your sin and just saying yes. Jesus is covering it and that's it yes um that's jesus is covering package. yes yes insurance yeah. package that's not uh yeah. that's not sanctification yes. jesus is covering your sin so that you may continue to walk in sanctification yes. and get free from your sin not so that you can sit in bondage to your sin yes. and just use him as an insurance policy yes. at the end of uh your life yes yes um but i think that it is important to know that god because of the work of jesus christ for you on the cross fully has loved and known and accepted you and you don't have to try to produce a bunch of works in order to be accepted by, uh, by him. Right. One of the things that I think is very fascinating is when Jesus starts his earthly ministry and he has John the Baptist baptize him. Yes. The heavens open yes. and, and, and something like a dove uh, 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 descends yes. onto Jesus and you have God proclaiming to folks, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased before Jesus does anything remarkable. I love it. 
Yes, yes, yes. This is before Jesus is yes. healing the sick. Yes, yes. This is before Jesus is 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 giving sight back to the blind. Yes. This is before Jesus starts any real type of earthly ministry yes. at all. God inaugurates his ministry by saying, I am already pleased That's with right. him. I'm already and he is in. already accepted. Yes. And now Jesus goes forth out of that acceptance from the Father yes. and then heals and proclaims and tells the truth yes. because he knows he's already accepted yes. by the Father. He's not doing it to be yes. accepted. Yes. He's doing it out of That's his right. acceptance. Before the world knew Jesus as Savior, God was pleased to love Jesus as Son. Amen. Yes. And, we, and I think it's good for us to, to know that God sees us that way, yes. that we, we do not have to to try to, to try to drum up a bunch of good works in order to be loved and accepted by God. Yeah. However, that truth does allow us to work from that starting point with our obedience. Yes, yes, and yes. And that's why you can't use that idea for disobedience. That's right. Because it's a springboard for obedience. Yeah. So if you just use that idea to to backstroke and disobedience, yes. then uh, you, you may need to check it. And, and if that's just, the reality. Let me just say this too. The Bible, Paul obviously makes that same... Right. Uh, um, he has that same caution in Romans chapter 6. Some of y'all may take what I'm saying and think that it means you can do whatever you, you, you want. But I really think the most salient argument from Scripture about why we can still talk in the scandal of what grace is, right. that, without it, risk, that it's for sinners right. without risking sending people into lasciviousness, <laughs> is that those who love God really want to part with their sin. Yes, they don't want to like, stay there. It's like saying... It's like saying to It's the, like telling somebody think that about the attic, for example. Right. Think about the attic, the attic, for example. If 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 the addict that understands that this addiction is ruining everything, I, I've I've lost my, my house, job, I've lost my, my wife, job, right. I've lost my wife, I've lost my children, I've lost my status. If they truly get it, and at that moment that they show up at rehab, at least for a second, uh -huh. where you're sober. Mm -hmm. Where you're like, oh my gosh, the high, though my brain, because of the ways in which this thing has made me feel, this drug has made me feel, my brain has convinced me in those moments of desire that this addiction is worth everything. I'll Ooh. never forget that powerful interview that this, uh, this uh, it was a NASA energy. This dude was an engineer for NASA. They interviewed him, and he was, he was starting out on crack. He was an engineer for NASA, uh -huh. and they interviewed him like, don't you see what this is doing to you? Don't you see? You have you, this bright mind, this high-paying job, this future. And he said, once you taste crack, you would sell all of that in a heartbeat. He started telling stories of mothers selling their babies. He talked about, I told you the story about my uncle who right. the first time right. he tried crack. He was doing cocaine. And then when he moved to crack, he had the spiritual moment. I'm just yeah. saying what he said to me, make what you want to make out of right. it. He said that he was resisting crack, resisting crack, resisting yeah, crack. Yeah, for a long time. And then boom, he finally tried it. Living in a very... Um, symbiotic way with cocaine like right. most of high people functioning. On, like, like, like a lot of high like functioning like most people do on, on Wall Street right. even today oh, you got elite, anyway. elite dudes yeah sniffing yeah, yeah. cocaine all the yeah, time yeah, and, they're, right. and they're yeah high functioning he said that the first time he tried crack he said that at the moment he took his first hit he said that he closed his eyes and opened him and everyone around the table turned into uh, in unison in a very spiritual, scary, horrific way. They all in unison. And he said this, this, is, this had to be demonic because they didn't actually do this, but this is what he saw. He saw right. They all in unison said, we got you. You will never be the same. They said it in unison. 
And he said that his life from that moment on until he met Jesus and right. got clean mm -hmm. was a descending. It was like a roller coaster. You know when Straight you're down. on a roller coaster. Straight down. When you're on a roller coaster, you are not in control. Right. That thing yeah, is taking that's you true. where you are the along. Path, you are right. literally along for the ride. And when it stops, that's when you stop. Right. <laughs> right. You can right. scream, please stop this thing. It doesn't matter. You're going to keep going. That's what it felt like. Man, Pete, all that to say, I'm so sorry. I'm taking a no, long time to make good. this point. All that to say is that those who finally see it, I see what this has done. I'm not in the, the, the thrills of the addiction. I'm standing over the addiction. I'm looking at the destruction. That it caused. Those yeah. people will say, I need this out my life and I don't know how mm. somebody saved me. In, in a lot of ways, that's a part of what it means to be a Christian. It's to see that this sin, though I have this relationship with it, where it's not as horrendous um, yeah. as I should see it. Yeah. I'm not as outraged as I ought to be. But I know for sure that this thing is destroying me. Yeah. Yeah. It's destroying my family. And if you're perceptive enough, you see it destroying nations. Mm -hmm. it's, de it's destroying companies, families. It's destroying institutions. Sin is not a good thing, right. even though it feels good. Right. It is the greatest contradiction of the world that we all know that at the end of the day, there's one culprit in all our destruction, and it is disobedience to God. Right. Everybody knows that, King. Right. Everybody knows that. You can try that. to cover it up. You know. Make, yeah, yeah. You know. You see how you're the cheating. The, Everyone the, knows that the, the vices, the vices destroy your life. The vices that are that 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 you keep returning to, the that you you stepping out on your spouse, you cheating on your 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 taxes, you lying on your co whatever it may be, you know mm -hmm. that even in the sense of satisfaction, you feel that at the end of the day. This is not good for the world and it should not be here. The Christian ought to understand that better than anybody else and not be friends with their sin. Mm -hmm. I don't want more of this in my life, right, Lord. Right, right. This wanting to make a contract with my own weakness, with my own weakness, me wanting to say that maybe I'll just keep this and and and, and go on and let it grow and pet it in, 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 in private and let it us. grow into a full-grown monster that us. destroys yeah. my life and my family. Christians don't want that. Yeah. Though we're susceptible to it. Right. And that is the dynamic that we have to hold in tension. And those that love Jesus will. Yeah. You will always have the monsters in the closet that you sometimes feed, but you also hold that intention with wanting the monsters gone, not out, not just out of your life, but out of this world. Literally destroyed. I want sin right. gone forever. Right. right. I want sin out of here. Right. That's my longing for eternity right. in the new heaven and the new earth. Mm -hmm. So I'm not worried about I'm not worried for the Christian that you might think Jesus is too sympathetic to your weakness. Right. I'm not worried about that because his sympathy, book of Hebrews argues, is our pathway to find mercy in and help. In the time of need. In yep. our time of need. Which is all the time. Which is all the time, King. <laughs> we think about it. Man, I, I, um, we've talked a lot about Ray Ortland a lot on yep. this, uh, Shout out this Ray podcast. Ortland. We love on. Ray. Uh, he, his new book, The Death of Pornography. Please check that out. I got I got I heard his good things. I got to read them. Looking forward up. to having him on the podcast to talk about it. He has a son uh, named Dane Ortland. Dane is a monster. He 
He wrote this book, Untamed Gorilla. He is. And the apple does not fall, fall far from the tree. Uh, but he ain't just an apple. This man is his own mini orchard, okay? Uh, but Dane Ortland wrote this book called Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers. What we've been alluding to um, in this podcast is that oftentimes we forget that suffering is not just reserved for uh, the things that happen externally. Right. So like mm-hmm. uh, you get uh, hit by a car. <laughs> Walking around in your business. That's not funny. You, you get hit by a car. You get mm-hmm. diagnosed with something. There is a natural disaster. Um, someone injures you. Those are kinds of suffering that are typically involuntary, right? right? right. You didn't ask for that. You are a victim to that. But we have completely extracted another, and I would say probably the most salient suffering in our lives, and that is the suffering that is caused by our sin. Right. Right. And I, we already talked about this, but I just want to put a bow on it, that one of the ways that you suffer is in your resisting sin, yeah, right? Right, what it says in Peter. Which is what Peter talks about, yeah. that he who sees from sin, there's a perfection of that, that, that you have, uh, when, when you are suffering when you cease from sin, so right. that there is some, a kind of suffering when you are or resisting sin. Hebrews right. says that you all haven't resisted evil to the point of, of shedding, shedding your blood, own blood. Yeah. Shedding your own blood. That there is a struggle. Yeah, I mean, the Bible calls it crucifying your flesh. Crucifying right. is not a pretty picture it's of not, what it means the, to die to yourself. Mortification. Right. So there's a suffering from resisting sin, but there's also a suffering from those who have fallen mm-hmm. into sin and as a result, suffering created in their hearts and their souls. Now, I'm not just talking about you lost your ministry or you lost your wife or you lost some... I, I, I'm, t- I'm talking... Even though that stuff is good, is, is important as well. Or you lost a friendship because you, you sinned against them. Something like that stuff is really, really important. But I'm also talking about the wounds that you create through your disobedience. Uh-huh. We create... You can see it on a actual... Um, you can see like a brain it in, scan. A, in, a, in a neuro scan of your brain how your sin can create paths in your brain for more sin. Mm. Just, it is what it is. Right. We do these things to ourselves that makes resisting even harder. And mm-hmm. I understand because I am a part of that. That's the kind of suffering, bro, mm-hmm. that, you go, that you go to. And I love that he says sinners and sufferers. And... I love that, that Dane Ortland says that, that the uh, subtitle has that phrase, sinners and sufferers, because we are those that suffer and we are those that sin. That this is a walking reality for everybody on this planet. And then he begins to excavate the heart that Jesus has for that group of people, okay? Which is us, right? And he wants us to feel in this book that Jesus not only has a perk that you can hold on to in your suffering and your fallingness, right? It's not like we got a thing that can, we got a, you know, the main, like it's like a, com- a, a company that the main thing they do is install ACs, right. uh, uh, HVACs. But if you want us to take a look at your uh, water, uh, your water heater, is that what they call it? Yeah, water heater. Your, your, your water heater, we can also do that. But the main thing we do 
is that we install HVACs. Right. What Dane Ortland is arguing in this in this book is that the main thing that God is excited about, that Jesus is excited excited about, is sympathizing, rescuing, forgiving, and lifting, and encouraging, and empowering sinner and the sufferer. That's at the core mm. of the heart of Jesus. It's not something that just is uh, a Like part. a part of what he does. It's not just a byproduct. It is a prime product of the heart of God. So what Jesus is mainly up for is redemption. It's for redemption for all those who are heavy laden. Come to me. I give rest. I love to give you rest. I love to forgive you. I love to encourage you. I love to give you mercy. I love to make you holy. I love all those things. Come to me for that. Right. That's what I'm here for. This is who Jesus is essentially. Mm. At the core. It's at the core of who he is. Which he's a redeemer. He's a redeemer, which should connect and to a healer. Yeah. You see that that. Ideally, that's who we should be. Redeem. We are, we are restorers in this world, not dividers, not people that press down on the present evil and a, present evil age as hard as we can. We are lifters, kingdom expressors. Right. Which is the kind of Jesus that lifts up the sinner and the sufferer. Okay. So in his uh in this book, I just want to highlight just uh this uh this excerpt that he takes from uh this book that uh this dude wrote John Bunyan obviously y'all know John, John Bunyan. Bunyan I just called yeah. him some dude but he right like like John Bunyan ain't who he this was this guy okay um but no the the legendary John Bunyan he wrote this book come and welcome to Jesus Christ and he quotes from the book the uh this this piece that explores the heart of Jesus for us by meditating on John chapter 6, verse 32 to 40, where Jesus says, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. He breaks down that the word all is not most, not some, but all. Once the father sets his loving gaze on a wandering sinner, that sinner's rescue is certain. He then moves to the phrase, the father. Our redemption is not a matter of a gracious son. Uh, excuse me. Our redemption is not a matter of a gracious son trying to calm down an uncontrollably angry father. Wow. It's not Jesus saying, oh, hold on, father, please. Wait a second. I know you don't naturally want to give grace to your oh. to these fallen people. That's not what's happening here at all. The Father himself ordains our deliverance and takes the loving initiative to make it happen. That's why he gave us a son. Do you see that the heart of God in all eternity is to win sinners? Mm. Then he moves to the word gives that all that the Father gives, not haggles over, okay? Now, th 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 this isn't- Not a negotiation. This isn't a negotiation, right? This is a free gift. It is the Father's deep delight to freely entrust recalcitrant rebels into the gracious care of His Son. And might I add, and all that comes with it. What does it mean, Meansy? You and I have done urban ministry. Yeah. If you take a bunch of men, and this is not just on racial lines, it's just in general. If you take a bunch of men who grew up without their fathers mm -hmm. uh, in concentrated poverty, 
um, outside of the general flow of resources, okay, yep. of, the, of, the, of the rest of the nation. If you take a group of those kind of guys, what sort of obstacles might you have to always be working through? Or if you get some dudes that are fresh out of prison, that have been there for 10, 15 years, that have been institutionalized, even in their love for Jesus, what it means to embrace them means also embracing all the things that they have to work through. Absolutely. Jesus wants the abused, the oppressed, the hungry, the sick. The vulnerable. The vulnerable and all that comes along with them and the ways they struggle and the ways in which they are needy. Jesus wants, yeah. It makes me think of the lover that wants, it makes me think of the lover that wants the person that they set their love upon with all of their baggage. Yes, 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 yes. I want everything that comes with you. Oh, yes, man. Man, it was a scene. You are not a person that I'm looking at and saying, uh, too messy. I don't really want to get into like helping clean and all that up. Yes, bro. I'm going to go to someone that's a little more clean. Yes, like, bro. Like, it's like, no, I actually, where's the where's the messiest one? Yes, yes, yes. That's who I want. That's, bro. You, you, right? Bro, right. I, and that's where his grace is the flex is the hardest there's a scene in the, in the series on Netflix 1899 uh where there's this 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 um a, a sh it's a it's a story about this ship called the Prometheus anyways this ship was about to sink and there was a husband and wife and a daughter the scene that included uh -huh, all three uh -huh, of them uh -huh. the wife was a religious zealot okay. who was very blinded by her own uh over religious her perspective ze her that's right so she believed that because there uh in their group was this dude that was saying that he was a priest who was faking to be a priest the guy was homosexual as well and the mother said the the the, the and this guy was a part of the this uh group of individuals on the ship and the mother said to her daughter hey I'm I'm not going with them because that dude is there. God is judging us because he is here. The, the, the daughter looks at his mother and looks at her mother and says, you are not the woman of God you think you are, okay? Mm. You don't hear from God like that. You know that you're just as lost as he is, essentially. And, uh, and, and she says, well, I don't care. I'm staying here to die. Then the daughter says, fine, I'm leaving without you. Looks to her dad mm -hmm. and says to the dad, will you come with me, daddy? The dad walks over, and I felt this because of my own baby girl. Right, right, right. My own baby girl, bro. He walks up to his baby girl, kisses her on the forehead, and says, baby girl, you go. You go. You go. Go be safe. Save yourselves. I'm going to stay with your mom. Mm. He walks over to her mom, his wife, who had just... The very last thing she said was poison. And, and now they are going to sit there and accept their fate of death together. He walks over to her, and I thought he was about to rebuke her. I was waiting for him to say, oh, why would you do this? But you know what he does, bro? He hugs her. She breaks down in tears because I think she's shocked. Of his, wow. Of his love for her. She looks at him and says, you know, hubby, husband, looks to her husband and says, can we pray? And he says, yes, baby. Yes, honey. Let's pray. And they begin to pray. And he holds his wayward wife to the grave, bro. That mug shook me. Even in, I have a covenant with this woman. Mm -hmm. Even if it's to the last moment, I'm going to love her. That was powerful to me. Anyways, that is very powerful. Then he says, uh, uh, and whoever comes, right? Right. Uh, yet, we are, yet we are not robots. While the Father is clearly the sovereign overseer of our, of our redemption, redemption, we are not dragged kicking and screaming into Christ against our will. Those that want to go to Jesus, we'll go. He well, yeah, he's gonna will them. accept them, yeah. right? 
And then he says, comes to me. We do not come to a set of doctrines. Look at this, brother. Look, come on, Dane. You're talking nice right now. He says, quoting the, the, the text, and whoever comes to me, we do not come to a set of doctrines. We do not come to a church. We do not even come to the gospel. All these are vital, but mostly true. We come to a person, to Christ himself. Yes. That's the heart of the son of God is to bring people to right. himself. It's um, about relationship and experience yeah. of God. Yeah, bro. Not information. Yes. And I think we've said that a lot on the podcast. Yes. That theology, a lot of the time, well, theology is necessary. Right. We always, we've talked about that. Right. Um, right. We, always, we always say theology matters. Yeah. It does. But knowing theology and, yes. and, and, and accumulating theological information is not the same thing right. as knowing God. Absolutely, It bro. is not. Knowing God is personal, relational, and it's experiential. Yes, yes, yes. And absolutely. and and I and and not that you can't begin to know God through what you are are are, are beginning to understand about him. Right, right. However, right, right. that cannot be the heart. The heart is our relationship with him, yes. which is what transforming changes us. That's where spiritual formation, true spiritual formation takes place yes. as we experience God in his presence. And I say that like you can feel you know, all none of us are perfect. Right. Right. Come on. But bro. you can have all of the, the all of the theology in the world and have no experience with God. Yes. It takes no actual experience with God to know and understand theology. It does not. Think about this, man. And I say this because I I, I come, I know people probably like, oh, I'm sick of me repeating the same thing. But I'm saying that because I come from that background. Come on, sir. And I am a person that I I I, I uh if anyone knows me, they'll tell you that I have a very curious mind. I love learning new information. Yeah, yeah. And 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 there are a lot of folks out there that are like that are like that and they're predisposed to want to know and understand and plumb the depths of theological information and perception and all of that and they can think and I struggle with this you can think that that means that I am knowing God mm. because I just got done reading Herman I just got done reading Bavink that means that I just got done knowing. with God no I didn't you just got done with Bavink I just got done with getting more information from Bavink <laughs> the only way that I can Oof. really know God is if I am spending God help me, help me and Lord. help us yes, yes. time with him yes. in prayer yes. and I'm hearing from him yes. and I'm opening the word yes. and I'm not just looking for a bunch of insight yes, so yes. that I can give it on yes. Twitter or in my or in a book or yes. at or in a class. Yes. I am looking for God to say something that is going to prick my heart yes, so yes. that my heart can be reshaped yes, yes, so that yes. I can live differently. I am not looking for more information for information's sake. And a lot of us that love information, we can get it twisted and think that more information or reading insights from other theologians yes. or giving insight yourself yes, or, yes. Or, or hearing a great sermon being preached from your yes, pastor sir. is the same thing as knowing and experiencing God. And it is not. It is not. And I, and I know it can feel that way and this is why James says do not be, be he says he says do not be deceived yes but be, be, he tells us to be 
uh, to, to not be hearers of the word, deceiving ourselves, yes. but be doers of the yes, word. Yes, yes. And the reason that I believe James says that part of the reason is because hearing the word, yes. studying the word, reading the word, listening to theologians, li- being in that class, yeah. being in that course, hearing that sermon, listening to that podcast, even listening to us, it could feel like I'm doing. Yes, yes, yes. This yes. is the doing. Doing is it's listening. Not. Yes, that's right. That's doing right. is not listening. Sorry, my wrist just. Doing is not listening and acquiring more information. A lot of folks are you are pre a lot of us are predisposed to being heady people. Come on, come on. And so if we are predisposed children to being heady people, we yeah. are children of the enlightenment. Yeah. Or and some of us are just we God made us to be the kind of people that just love learning and love information and 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 and, and love being cerebral and 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 all of these things. We can we can get that confused sure. and we can think that uh me acquiring more information or or sitting at these conferences and all that is is knowing God. Yes. I'm not I am not I am not demonizing any of that stuff, yes. but I am saying that we have to check ourselves yes. because a lot of us just love to be intellectually stimulated. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And that's right. intellectual stimulation can happen. It doesn't just happen with philosophical information or political information. It can happen with theological information too. That's right, that's right. And you can be predisposed to being a person that loves intellectual stimulation yeah. and you get that intellectual stimulation confused with really knowing Spiritual God. Formation. And, and, and yes. intellectual stimulation is an in, in, in intellectual stimulation yes. and intellectual uh, information is not the same thing as spiritual formation. Yes. Spiritual formation comes from spending time with God yes. in prayer, yes. getting into his word, yes. not for information, but for transformation. Yes, that's right. And then to serving his heart. And to, then that's the point right then, there. Yeah, it is. And, then, and then taking that to serve God's people. It means, and if I could even just because I, I can hear people na- say neighbors. Uh, uh, I can hear people say, "Okay, cool." So I, I'm, I'm praying. I'm, I'm observing Jesus' heart. I'm impressed right. with what I'm seeing. Right. The James point is important right. because a big part of your transformation is doing. Right. I so, love what our pastor says. Our yes, pastor says there is no power in the Word of God apart from doing. That's right. The Word right. of God. And this and is to, to your point. This is why we are almost never, in not almost never, we are. Most likely, not in need of learning new things, but doing the things we already know. That's most of our situation. Right. That in the things that we know, I'm talking the low-hanging fruit of walking with Jesus. Loving enemy. Right. Doing, con- uh, 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 forgiving those who've sinned against you. Right. Uh, doing uh, uh, the, the, the works of lifting those who are in need and right. caring for the vulnerable. Right. Right. Praying. Right. And being in community, allowing yourselves to be right. challenged. The low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Not, not, the, not the, 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 the kind of theological mountaintops, but we're talking about the grit and grind of the valley, bro. Yep. It is in that place that you find the relationship that you desire with God. Man, that's good. It's in concert. The, 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 the work of the hands, it's head, heart, hands, right? It is what you are feeding the mind because loving God with your mind is important, right? Absolutely. It is what you're experiencing in your heart, the affection that you have for the brilliance and the flyness of the Lord, the flyness Amen. of the Lord Jesus Amen. Christ and how he moves and yes. what he does, being impressed right. with who the Lord, God let me walk of the universe away. is. Let me walk away from this word being impressed Ooh, with you. Yes. Not, 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 it's just not, it's just not about information. That's right. Help me leave this being more impressed with how amazing and awesome. Open my eyes that I may see the glorious yes. things in yes. your word. It is rare that a man will see the, the birth of a child 
atheist or otherwise and not say something miraculous is happening right now. This is beyond me. Be, this is beyond. <laughs> I ain't never, ever seen God act like this. <laughs> so it's being impressed with him in your affection, but also it's head, heart, but hands. And they work in concert for transformation because the one of the ways that you get to make sure what's in your head is making it into your heart and becoming a rhythm in terms of how you feel is what you do with your hands. Mm -hmm. Meaning, are you working it? Right. Work out the salvation, my guy. Walk in the works, right. Ephesians 2, right. that have been laid out for you before the foundation of the earth. And when you're doing those things, head, heart, hands, you find the heart of Jesus. Right. And your relationship with God is strengthened. And your love for God is expanded. And the more you learn of God, the more you are impressed with who he is. And who is he, I mean? Let me just read this. This is literally the last thing and we're done with this episode. Uh, unless I mean has something else no, he wants no, to ahead. share. But look at these joints from, from uh, Gentle and Lowly. Um, he says that um, um, whatever our offense, he deals gently with us. If we, never, if we never come to him, we will experience a judgment so fierce, it will be like a double-edged sword coming out of his mouth at us. This is what Revelation talks about yeah. over and over again. This is the right. might, the muscle of Jesus to shut down wickedness and the wicked. Yeah. But if we do come to him, as fierce as his lion-like judgment would have been against us, so deep will be his lamb-like tenderness for us. It will be the exact antithesis with the same intensity. Think about the intensity of suffering apart from God forever. How extreme must that be? Mm -hmm. And how frightening, how frightening the day of judgment must be for those who will. that be? What? The heart of God argues, and Dane uh, Ortland is pointing out here, is that to that eternal intensity, he has congruent intensity in the opposite direction to love and embrace the sinner. He says so profoundly that to no one will Jesus be neutral. Ooh. He will be all in in cleansing sin. Right, or judging. In judgment or all in in embracing the sinners that come to him for peace and rescue and refuge. Mm. He goes on to say, um, in dealing and in, in talking about in John Owen, of all people, mm -hmm. who uh, we love, mortification I like, sin. I like John out. Owen, I see one big of my, my favorites. But this is also what John Owen talks about. Right. He says that Owen writes that... Owen writes that when we are told that the high priest can deal gently with the ignorant and the wayward, this means that he can no more cast off poor sinners for their ignorance and wanderings than a nursing father should cast away a suckling child for its crying. Thus, <laughs> out, thus ought it to be with a high priest, and thus it... And thus it is with Jesus Christ. He is able with all meekness and gentleness, with patience and moderation to bear with the infirmities, sins, and provocations of his people, even as a nurse or a nursing mother bears with the weakness of a poor infant. He said, Father, but they'll be confused by that. This is who Jesus is for us. Mm -hmm. 
Think about the failure of your children. I think about the failure of my children. I had a conversation with the teacher of my daughter just this week, okay? But it is not her performance. It is her position. Right. And every time I see my little two-year-old sinner, you know what she does, bro? Every time I see her, when we have been apart, she runs to me. She runs to me with whatever she's did, whatever she has become, she brings it all. Whatever she has done, whatever she has become, she runs to her father. Literally screaming, daddy, daddy, daddy. Even in discipline. Mm-hmm. One of the things that my, I've seen my children do that has moved my heart Ooh. is that even when they have dropped the ball and angered their father, especially KBJ, every time when he knew he was in trouble, he would sprint to me and bury his head in my chest. The man who disciplines me is also the man that will protect, love, and stand me back up. Mm-hmm. I see that in my children, and that has taught me what God means by let your faith be like that of a child. Yeah. I go to him like Aslan. I realize that the, the lion has a paw bigger than I've ever seen that is filled with claws that can rip, but also with gentleness and soft fur that can protect hold and that which people fear that is my father oh he might be a lion to you but he is a protector to me mm-hmm. and i know that because i walk with him last thing man and i'm gonna let y'all go because i'm gonna let y'all go because in other words dane writes when jesus deals gently with us He is doing what is most fitting and natural to him. This flows out of who Jesus is. Contrary to what what we expect to be the case, therefore, the deeper into weakness and suffering and testing we go, the deeper Christ's solidarity with us. As we go down into pain and anguish, we are descending ever deeper into Christ's very heart, not away from it. Mm. He is able to sympathize with our weaknesses. He is the high priest to end all high priests. As long as you fix your attention on your sin, you will fail to see how you can be safe. But as long as you look to this high priest, you will fail to see how you can be in danger. Oh, Big dog, when I look at my sin, I think, how in the world could I be saved? Right, right. But when I look at my Savior, I think, how in the world can I be lost? Hmm. Last Amen. thing, I'm gonna Amen. let Dane go. Hey, Dane, you spitting, big dog. Hey, I see da, you hey, da, hey, Dane, need to come I, to the block. I see you. Hey, Dane, Dane you need come, to come hey, to the Dane, block. Come to the block with it. Hey, come Dane, to the block you been, with it. You been on everybody podcast. <laughs> come see us. Come to the block and bring with it. We your need, daddy. We need you. We need you to and bring speak your more daddy. Where, where the camera? Camera, bring it. Hey, let me get the sweater. Bring your daddy too, Dane. We no, calling you out on the real. We need to have this as a clip. Hey, Dane, Dane, and Ray. We need y'all to come Everybody on the podcast. Everybody get on. I need, we, need, we need the Southside. We need the Southside Rabbi family at Dane. On Twitter. And say you're being sent for. At Dane and Ray <laughs> on Twitter. And say that you are being sent for like Nino Brown. You feel at me? The, at, the, at the head of the table in New Jack City. That's right. But we are not, we are not dealing drugs. There's no drugs being dealt here. nobody is being punished. <laughs> we need you to come and speak to us and, and, and encourage us and our listeners yes, with I what love God it. has given y'all. I love it. This is the, literally the last thought, and and uh, and and I'm out of here. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is it. This is actually really the only thing I wanted to, to uh-huh, read. Uh-huh. And uh, 
fortunately, I've read everything else, haven't I? No, it's okay. Um, let me make sure I got got the right thing. Okay. In dealing with the John Bunyan, John Bunyan, in dealing with the verse, whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Jesus saying that? Jesus says that. John Bunyan, in meditating on that one verse, wrote a whole book on it. He says, <laughs> as in, reaction, in, in as reaction to that very simple verse, all those that come to me, I will never cast out, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And that word never there in the Greek is written kind of strange. It's almost like what we would consider, a, it, it's, a, it's a stack. So in the English language, if you put two negatives together, a double negative, they cancel each other out. Right. But in often in the uh, biblical language, you have what's called uh, honorific, um, honorific plurals, where essentially you are stacking you're trying to communicate emphasis by by repeating the word, right? So when it in the Greek, it literally reads that the one coming to me, I will not not cast out. Uh, and in the Greek, what that is actually communicating, John Bunyan calls it the great and strange expression. Mm -hmm. Expression. It is communicating a forcefulness. Mm -hmm. I will most certainly never ever cast you out. So you might respond to that, John Bunyan says. But I am a great sinner, say you. Mm -hmm. I will not cast you out, says Christ. But I am an old sinner. I've been doing this for a long time, Jesus. Mm. I will in no wise cast you out, says Christ. But I am a hard-hearted sinner, you say. I will in no wise cast you out, says Christ. Mm -hmm. But I am a backsliding sinner, you say. I will never, ever cast you out, says Christ. But I have served Satan all my days, say you. I will no wise cast you out, says Christ. But I have sinned against you in the light. Excuse me. But I have sinned against light, you say. Mm -hmm. I will not cast you out, says Christ. But I have sinned against mercy. You've been kind and gracious oh. to me, Lord. And I took it for granted. Christ says, I will never, ever cast you out. But I have sinned, Lord God. I have no good thing to bring to you. You say, I will in no wise cast you out, says Christ. We are factories of fresh resistance to Christ's love. We are factories of fresh resistances to Christ's love. Even when we run out of tangible reasons to be cast out, such as specific sins or failures, we tend to retain a vague sense that, given enough time, Jesus will finally grow tired of us and hold us at arm's length. Bunyan understands us, John Bunyan. He knows we tend to deflect Christ's assurance. And he says, John Bunyan writes, no, wait, we say, cautiously approaching Jesus. You don't understand. I've really messed up in all kinds of ways. I know he responds. You know most of it, sure. Certainly more than what others see, but there, there's perversity down inside me that is hidden from everyone. Jesus says, I know it all. Well, the thing is, it's just my past. It's, it's the thing is, it's not just in my past. Lord, it's in my present too. I'm still struggling with this thing. Jesus says, I understand. But, but, but I don't know if I can break free of this anytime soon. That's the only kind of person I'm here to help. 
when you say, I don't know if I can break free of this anytime soon, Jesus says, that's the only kind of person I'm here to help. But Jesus, the burden is heavy and heavier all the time. Then let me carry it, Jesus says. It's too much to bear. Jesus says, not for me. You don't get it. My offenses aren't directed towards other. My offenses aren't directed towards others. They've been directed against you. Wow. Jesus says, then I am the one most suited to forgive them. Amen. The heart of Jesus for all those that come to him, he will not cast you out. This has been Southside Rabbi. <laughs> Glory to God, man. Glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Make sure that, uh, man... First of all, Dane, Ray, we need y'all. We need y'all to come on. Come through. Um, and man, thank you, KB, for for, for 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 bringing that for bringing that to us, man, and what the Lord has been doing to you through that, and now encouraging us all and convicting us all. And praise God, man. Amen, um, bro. Shout out to shout out to Native Supply. Yes. For giving us amazing clothes for the kingdom of God. And my man got the whole cross movement house house of representatives joint on. You feel me? And then and he also got on the HGA sweats, as you can see. And if you turn around, it's nothing on the back. <laughs> symbolizing how your slate has been wiped clean by the Lord Jesus Christ. No, but hey, make sure that y'all go to native.supply. Shout out to them and our sponsors. Also, make sure that you subscribe to the Patreon. Um, it's a great way to be able to support us at the podcast to continue to do what we do. We're thankful for all of those who are supporting. And if you aren't, please consider doing so. We love y'all. This has been Southside Rabbi. Stay faithful. Peace. Man, it's so funny. I have had conversations with my uncles. With so you, you know my uncles. KB's uncles deserve a reality show, bro. Yes. KB's uncles deserve a reality yes. TV series. Yes. With the stuff that they say on yes. a daily basis, yes. especially when we're talking about God. Yes. I had one. I had one. All right, we two quick stories. Then we'll get an episode. One. Uh, one story was uh, I had an uncle pull me aside at Thanksgiving to complain about another one of my uncles who claimed to be a minister. He said, hey, man, I'm going to tell you right now, whoever the God is that that man served, I don't serve that God. That ain't my God. That is not the God I serve. He be coming around here. He have attitude sometimes. Act like he don't want us around. The other day, he he, he said to, 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 to Sammy uh, to get off the porch, and, and uh, we spoke to him. He didn't speak back. Hey, I don't serve his God. Oh, do you serve, said, a, oh, said, do you serve said, a God that's said, a backbiter and a I gossip? Said, because obviously your God ain't got no problem with you doing that. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I said, <laughs> I said man, I said, I said, I said, Unc, I said, Unc, I feel that, man. I feel that, man. I probably shouldn't have said this, but let me tell you what I said. I said, Unc, that's, that's crazy. Um, what God do you serve, though? Because in my estimation, <laughs> it feels like the only time you come alive about God is when somebody that's trying to follow God <laughs> rubs you the wrong way. So please. Enlighten me, because I've known you for a long time, brother. What God, just, I, I just want to start the conversation. Like, what God are we talking about? And I'm thinking about my other uncle, who 
God bless him. Uh, he uh, has a powerful story. He was, the biggest, he was one of the biggest drug dealers in Southside St. Petersburg. Got radically saved uh, and uh, was burnt miserably by a church. I mean, they used him, oh. abused him. It's he, he lost footing on who he was, this spiritual giant. I remember growing up seeing him go. Uh, he would lock himself in his room for three and four days straight, bro, do, doing nothing but praying and fasting after his conversion. Mm. His conversion was around somebody emptying a loaded weapon on him, bro. Like, the full clip at point-blank range. And nothing touched him. Only one bullet struck him. Point blank range, That's emptied crazy. the whole thing, and that 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 was a part of him. Like, oh God, Israel. has something for me. Yeah. God is called. Anyways, but he struggled after that church hurt, bro, and uh, so now he has these flashes of who he was mm. that oftentimes arise. He's drinking, mm. and uh, I am not gonna hold you, bro. Some of the deepest stuff that I have heard. <laughs> My brother was drunk out of his mind and dropped some gems from the throne of God. <laughs> I was like, yo, my man, the Lord is speaking Let to me. Let me tell you something, KB. <laughs> you know, the Bible says in Proverbs 19 that man rules his life and then rails his hand rails at God. Against, rails against the Lord. Don't, don't. Let me tell you something now. Yeah. I ain't complaining. I'm just explaining. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I remember one night. I remember one night. It ain't about what you have. It's about what has you. That's right. That's right. Like, Ooh, like, that's <laughs> deep. I think the Lord is saying some things have you right now, look, look, young man. Uh, he said he at that Bible college getting all that knowledge and stuff like that. No, the knowledge, the knowledge puffs up. It's crazy what God can knowledge do. Knowledge will puff up. It's crazy though what God can do in these moments. He would see. I think I believe he said to me one time. I, I've heard how you're treating your mama now. You understand? Now listen, the Bible says the Bible says that the obey, you have a long obey life. your mama and, and, and your daddy. That's the first commandment with promise. Now that, that's the word. That ain't me. That's the word. And that man, that was straight hen dog talking. And then I was and, like, "You are right. Yeah, yeah. I repent." <laughs> I kid you not. Real quick, quick, yes. quick, 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 quick story. Yes, I had a family member. <clears throat> it's crazy what God will do at times. But I had a family member that came home one day, drunk. Yes, and I was young in my faith. I think I was. I think I may have still been in high school at the time, or I was just starting college or something. And I, I remember I was in the room playing Madden. Yeah. And a family member came home drunk, and I knew that they were drunk. <clears throat> and I'm in. The, I'm in the room playing. I'm in this living room playing Madden. Family member plops on the couch. Yeah. Because they're drunk. Yeah. I had the Bible on the couch. They opened the Bible. <laughs> they just Russian roulette that thing. Really. And they they put their they opened the Bible put their finger down and read the first thing that they said out loud. And yeah. they said, and do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirits. Literally what they read. And they said, oh man. Wow. I was, I was, I, I literally was playing bad. And I was like, that is perplexing. I King. paused it. And I was like, Lord. Yeah. Are you here? Are you here? Are you here right now? Father, if you're here, I want to, Lord, just make two, Two plates fall on the ground. Right. If you're here right now, <laughs> now you're doing the God. The, the if you're here right now, just let a let a go snap twice. Yes, <laughs> let me hear. Let me hear a clap. Bat, bat. Then I know that you're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's but, powerful, man. Yeah, I mean, God just does some. Yeah, yeah, amazing crazy. stuff with His sovereignty, man. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely.